And welcome to episode 60 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again on today's episode. You had an action-packed weekend of NFL football. We give you our takes from week eight of the NFL. Aaron Rodgers was spectacular last night. Is he now the MVP? And then Major League Baseball, the Houston Astros, they lose games one and two at home, and they go on the road and take three straight from the Washington Nationals, and they head back to Houston up 3-2 in the World Series. All that much more here on Episode 60 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the pod wherever you get your podcast these days. And then after the show, head over to YouTube and watch all the clips from all of today's topics right over on YouTube and give me all your takes right down below in the comment section. But we've got tons to get into, so let's get right into it. Are you ready? Let's get it on. And we're going to start with the Green Bay Packers who beat the Chiefs last night 31-24 in Arrowhead. And now the Packers are 7-1 thanks to a spectacular performance by a Mr. Aaron Rodgers. He showed out last night. He goes 23 for 33, 305 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, and 129 passer rating. He also ran for 29 yards. He was breaking ankles out there, and it was really a virtuoso performance by a guy who I've been smitten with for a decade now. I've loved Aaron Rodgers for the longest time and his talent was on display. And you know Stephen A. Smith, my boy, he likes to call him a bad man. He's a bad man. And you know I love me some Stephen A. Smith, but that would suggest that he is a human because last night he was throwing the football like an absolute god. It was the wizarding world of Aaron Rodgers last night in Kansas City, and here he is right after the game. It's fun. I mean, it's fun. I don't think I've I don't think we've ever been 7-1. and one. I know we've been 8-0, and 13-0, and lost here, you know. But uh, it's fun. You know, we're having a lot of fun. It's a good locker room. Guys really enjoy each other. And winning is a cure-all, but it's fun when you're winning with the right people. And I think we're winning, doing it the right way, and, and really enjoying the people who we're able to go to work with. As you can hear, for the first time in a long time, we've got a happy Aaron Rodgers. We've got Aaron Rodgers, who loves his teammates, who loves playing for Coach Matt LaFleur, and that throw he made to Jamal Williams was pure magic. It was absolute sorcery by Aaron Rodgers, and I'm starting to think that Aaron Rodgers has the ability to move the ball after it's out of his hands, because if you look at the break on some of those throws, how was he doing it, and the throw to Jamal Williams was one for the eight. Here's his head coach, Matt LaFleur, talking about that throw. I sure did. That was was one of the best, if not the best, pass I've ever seen live in person. That was incredible. I couldn't believe it. Um, Just a great play because he was under duress, too. I I know he ended up on the ground. Um, But credit to Jamal, man. He kept kept working for him. And it was just just one of those – plays that kind of leaves you speechless. 
So new rule, whenever Aaron Rodgers makes a sensational throw that takes your breath away like it did his head coach, Matt LaFleur, let's just stop trying to make sense of it because all we have to do now is shake our heads and say freaking Aaron Rodgers because he's the only guy that's capable of making some of these throws. He's throwing throws like he's doing fadeaways like Michael Jordan, the type of arm strength it takes, throws that Tom Brady could never dream of making. Aaron Rodgers is truly one of a kind, and right now, he's the front runner to win NFL MVP. I've been on that Russell Wilson train all season long, but if you saw yesterday, they got the win. I don't really trust that Seahawks defense, and I just think Aaron Rodgers is getting blistering hot at the right time, second half of the season. If you look at Aaron Rodgers right now, for the season, he's completing 65% of his passes, 2,324 yards, 16 touchdowns, two interceptions, a 106.6 passer rating. Last four, 98 for 137, 72% of his passes for 1,255 yards, 10 touchdowns, and one interception with a passer rating of 121.1. He is MVP right now, and Aaron Rodgers, if you look at it, second in the NFL in pass yards, second in the NFL in touchdowns, and he's on pace for a 65.4% completion percentage, and he's on pace to throw 4,648 yards, 32 touchdowns, and four interceptions. Aaron Rodgers is starting to flourish under Matt LaFleur. He's Matt LaFleurishing right now at the right time, and you're going to see this Green Bay Packers go on a big run, and you also have to thank Aaron Jones. Another guy named Aaron is getting it done for the Green Bay Packers. Yesterday, Aaron Jones, 226 yards, two touchdowns, Aaron Rodgers loves him, and this Packers team, I'm telling you, they are getting it done right now. Aaron Rodgers, he's thrown for over 300 yards with three-plus touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. The sixth time he's done that in his career, no other Packers quarterback in history has accomplished that feat. Let's all just savor every game with Aaron Rodgers. It's a once-in-a-generation, really once-in-a-generation, once-in-a-sport type arm, and I'm loving it. And also, Vegas agrees with me. This morning, Vegas put Aaron Rodgers as the front runner to win the MVP at plus 175, passing Russell Wilson. So Russell Wilson, he's got some time to make up some some ground on Aaron Rodgers. But right now, Aaron Rodgers is my MVP, and the Packers are still my Super Bowl pick. And the Houston Astros win Game 5 of the World Series 7-1, giving them a 3-2 series lead, heading back to Houston. Game 6 is Tuesday night with Justin Verlander on the mound, and they have a rare opportunity to close out at home. No team has won the World Series at home since 2013, and the Astros have the opportunity to do just that. The goal got started in the top of the second inning when Jordan Alvarez, he had been struggling all series long. He goes deep on Ross to give the Astros a 2-0 lead. Jordan Alvarez, well hit to center field. Robles can go get it with the best of them, but nobody's going to go up and get that ball. And the decision to start Jordan Alvarez has already paid off for the Astros. See you later! A two-run home run for Jordan Alvarez. And the Astros lead it two to nothing. 
And then Carlos Correa goes yard in the top of the fourth inning, making it 4-0 Astros. Correa hits a ball to deep left, and that one's going to go 4 nothing Astros. Gone! Carlos Correa with a two-run shot gives the Astros the 4 to nothing lead. And this Washington national team, they were hitting the cover off the baseball in Houston, scoring 17 runs in games one and two. They go a combined one for 19 with runners in scoring position. Their offense just disappeared in Washington. And then George Springer, he had the two-run bomb of his own in the top of the ninth inning. Here in the ninth, and the batter will be Springer. That is crunched into left. Goodbye. A tape measure home run by George Springer. And Springer hits it in the air deep to left field, and you can't kiss it goodbye. Now, Washington Nationals, I'm not going to start calling you the Trashnals again. I'm not going to point out that your logo looks exactly like the Walgreens logo. I'm not doing any of that because I still believe the Washington Nationals are in this series. The home team has lost every game in this series, and they head back to Houston where the Nationals scored 17 runs in the first two games. Not having Max Scherzer go in game five, that, of course, hurt the Nationals. But umpire Lance Barksdale, he did not have his best night. His correct call percentage was 93.5%. He did give five bad calls to the Nationals, four for the Astros, but that doesn't tell the whole story. If you looked at it, that strike call to Robles, that call on Correa on that 0-2 count, it could have got Ross out of the inning and give Ross some credit. He's not a Max Scherzer. He's not a Steven Strasburg, but he should have been out of that inning. That turned into a two-run home run for Carlos Correa. So I really feel like the umpiring did not do any favors to the Washington Nationals, but they have no one else to blame but themselves and their inability to get clutch hits, the same clutch hits that they've been getting all postseason long. Here's Anthony Rendon talking about the Nationals and their need to turn around in clutch situations. One for 19 with runners in scoring position in the last two games. Does anything have to change in those at-bats approach-wise? Um, I don't know. Which, what, what are you seeing? Yeah, by? try to get hits in that situation. And uh, get two for 20, and then three for 21, four for 22, and uh, <laughs> just try to be better. So uh, we'll see if we can turn it around. Is there a way you can get those hits? Is there a, is there a better so we way have these bats. <laughs> <laughs> and usually you try to square it up, and there's a baseball, and then you hit the outfield grass, and usually they're hit. Does the wood come into play? What kind of wood you're using? Sometimes. Sometimes. What kind of wood you got there? That's uh, maple. Uh. I love it. A little hitting tutorial by Anthony Randone. Hey, it's not every day you get hitting tips from an all-star third baseman, but I still believe the Nationals are still in this series. The Nationals, they have what it takes to go on the road to get that offense back on track. And remember, the pressure is on the Astros to win game six. They're going against Steven Strasburg, and they're throwing out there Justin Verlander. Verlander, 0-5 in his last five World Series starts. He has to get it done in game six because if he does it in game seven, they're going to throw out Zach Granke. To me, anything can happen in a game seven. So this series will not get wrapped up on Tuesday night. I see it going seven. Game seven will give my prediction when I get there. But hey, I still think the Nationals are very much in the series. But game six, Steven Strasburg needs to be on his game and this offense needs to come alive. But I'm telling you, this series is going seven. (laughs) 
NHL trade deadline is quickly approaching here, and we've got a couple trades to report. First, we got Kenyon Drake. He goes from Miami to Arizona, and then probably the biggest trade in the last couple days, of course, is Leonard Williams. He goes from the Jets to the Giants. So I'm going to give you guys my grades on those trades, and I'm going to tell you a couple rumors of some guys that might be changing teams within the next couple days. But let's start with this Leonard Williams trade. Now, to me, for starters, I found it pretty interesting that the Giants were trying to trade for another defensive lineman when they already have their starters at D-line, and they're also going to have a top 10 pick in 2020. So they trade a third-round pick in next year's draft. That, to me, is kind of steep just for the rights to sign Leonard Williams. So Leonard Williams, this year, he hasn't been very productive. 20 tackles, five quarterback hits, and zero sacks in seven games. Remember, a lot of hype around Leonard Williams when he came out of USC. He has not delivered on that hype. But in Leonard Williams' defense, this new system does not fit his skill set like it did under Todd Bowles. So under Todd Bowles, he got the most out of him. If you look at it, between 2015 and 2018, under his defensive scheme, more of a one-gap where you can let him be aggressive, let him roam a little bit. He had 43 tackles for a loss, and that's third among interior defenders since 2016. So that's solid. He had 63 quarterback hits, 122 quarterback hurries, and his four seasons, so he's only 25 years old, but it's not really his skill set. To me, it's the fact that they drafted Dexter Lawrence in the first round of last year's draft, and then 2017, they drafted Dalvin Tomlinson. So if they pay Leonard Williams, that's going to hurt their ability to improve their roster in other areas when it comes to free agency. I don't think he's shown enough to really warrant that trade package. I give this trade a C for the New York Giants. As far as the Jets are concerned, I I like the fact I give the Jets a B plus the Jets they get those draft picks they get a guy out of their system that really wasn't suited to flourish in that system so I give them a B plus the next big move involved Kenyon Drake the running back from Miami he goes from the Dolphins to the Cardinals in exchange for a sixth round pick and Kenyon Drake he's gonna be a free agent at the end of the season but a much needed move by the Arizona Cardinals their running backs are always injured if you look at it Chase Edmonds, DJ Foster, David Johnson, they're constantly out with injuries. And Kenyon Drake, this guy was underutilized in Miami. Their offensive line was terrible. If you look at last year, Drake had a career year, 535 rushing yards, four touchdowns, averaged 4.5 yards per carry. He also had 53 catches for 477 yards. So when Johnson comes back, he slips into that number two role. It can be dynamic out of the backfield, catching passes, and it's a great insurance policy. So I give this move for the Arizona Cardinals an A. It was a big need. And the Miami Dolphins, I also give it an A. If you're going to tank, tank hard. And that's what the Dolphins are doing. They get another draft pick. And if you look at this Miami Dolphins draft capital that they have right now, if you look at it, they have three first-round picks, two second-round picks, a third, a fourth, a fifth-round pick, eight picks in the first five rounds for the Miami Dolphins. And you know they're in it for that number one pick. I think the Miami Dolphins, I know they traded for Josh Rosen. I think you let Josh Rosen go. And if I was the Chicago Bears, the Chicago Bears, Mitch Trubisky is a bust. B-U-S-T. He's done. Mitchell Trubisky is not an NFL quarterback. If you look at it, pro football focus has him as the 
50th ranked quarterback in the NFL in the last two seasons. He's an absolute bust. I would make that move for Josh Rosen. You got that contract that's very cheap. So I would make that move. And then we got some rumors to tell you about right now. And another name to look out for is quarterback Darius Slay of the Detroit Lions. Adam Schefter, he's reported that he's been made available by the Detroit Lions, and if they get a great offer for him, they'd consider parting ways with a quarterback that could help a lot of teams in the NFL right now. The Minnesota Vikings, their secondary is suspect. I like the Seattle Seahawks, a team that their secondary really has not held up to their end of the bargain, and Russell Wilson, that offense has played well, but defense Defensively, they have Bobby Wagner. They have a defensive line. They made the trade for Jadavion Clowney, but they could use help in that secondary. I like that move. You put him with his buddy, Quandre Diggs. I like that move. So watch out for Darius Slay. And then here's the big name that's been floated out there. Yesterday, Jay Glazer said that teams have been contacting the Houston Texans for DeAndre Hopkins. So DeAndre Hopkins, I know, right? Deshaun Watson, you think you pair those two for a couple years, but DeAndre Hopkins, He's being offered for two first-round picks. So if a team wants to ante up and offer two-round picks, DeAndre Hopkins can be had, and I think that's a great move. I I know two first-round picks is a lot of picks, but he's under team control for another couple years. He stands to make a $12.5 million base salary in the next two years of his deal. And he's only appeared in seven games. So he's caught 49 passes for 508 yards and three touchdowns. But if you're the Houston Texans, they have flirted with the idea of rebuilding J.J. Watts out for the year. They trade away Jadavion Clowney. And if you can get a large haul, a massive haul for DeAndre Hopkins, I really think you seriously consider it. I like the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, they just got Emmanuel Sanders. But that defense is ready for a Super Bowl run. You pair DeAndre Hopkins with Jimmy. G. I really like that pairing. Or Baltimore. Baltimore needs receivers to put alongside Lamar Jackson and then maybe the Carolina Panthers. But with tons of rumors swirling, I do think you're going to see some big trades as we get closer and closer to the deadline. And before we wrap here on episode 60, I want to hit you with a get more sports fact of the day. And it's about Mr. October, Reggie Jackson. In the final game of the 1977 World Series, Reggie Jackson hit three home runs on the first pitch in three consecutive bats. So three times up, three pitches, three swings, three home runs for Mr. October. But that is going to do it for episode 60 of the Get More Sports Podcast. As always, my name is Doug McCain. You can follow me at DMAC underscore LA. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast these days. And be sure to watch all the clips on YouTube for exclusive content and give me all your takes on all of today's topics right down below in the comment section. But hope you guys have a great rest of your Monday, and I'm out.